We are in the mood for fantasy football with your week five waiver wire trade targets. I'm Cody Rourke of Pro Football Network, joined alongside by Tommy Garrett, fantasy football analyst here at ProFootballNetwork.com. You can check out his amazing written work every single day alongside our fantasy team of Jason Katz and also BJ Riddell, fantasy football director, has just started this week. So you're going to see a lot more fantasy football content and some really cool things here with the show in the future. But Tommy, great to see you, man. Two days in a row. We had the injury report yesterday. Yep. Now now we get waiver wire. Man, it's great to be back. Yeah, you too, man. It's, it's a little bit of a, uh, a little happier topic. You know, we're officially into week five and kind of we can move on a little bit from the injuries. And we'll touch on a little bit of some of the fall. We did get some answers today about some guys we'll kind of talk about who might be some seeing some uh, it's a little bit of increased workload. But yeah, dude, it's good to see you, too. Absolutely. Great to be back. And obviously your fantasy football fix. If you're a fantasy football fan, you get it here in the mood for fantasy football free and available everywhere. You get your podcast, not to mention in profootballnetwork.com. Be sure to check it out. But with that said, you know, Tommy, let's get into the waiver wire targets here this week, uh, specifically looking at the quarterback position Who are some names out there that you believe fantasy football managers, if they're available and you need to take a chance on them, go out and do it right now. I think the first we're going to look at, it's going to be Sam Darnold. It's, it's kind of the, I guess I want to say like a little post-type sleeper at this point. It's a guy who we've all kind of been wondering what was going to happen once he got away from Adam Gase and could he find the success that everyone else has uh, once they've moved away from him. Quite frankly, the answer is yes. Uh, in this Matt Rule, Joe Brady office, Sam Darnold has been absolutely performing. He's got 300 passing yards in his last three games. His lowest game so far this season was nearly 280 yards. The thing we have to remember is, the five rushing touchdowns he has, that's not going to be sustainable. We know that's going to fall off at a certain point, but he's still on an offense where he's getting it done through the air. And I think that's one of the bigger sides of this, that even though it does fall off, there's still some production to fall back on. Yes, we love that rushing upside in fantasy football, given how much of an extra boost that it has you know, per rushing attempt versus per passing attempt. So we like seeing that. He's got plenty of weapons on this team. Terrence Marshall, DJ Moore is finally looking like that guy we all believe that he is. Uh, he's going to get Christian McCaffrey back at some point. You've got Tommy Trimble on this team. I think it's a team that's going to continue to play well, even if we see some of that rushing upside fall off. Currently right now is a QB5, averaging 23.7 points per game. Even if that falls off a little bit, I think we're still looking at a guy who's going to be a, a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 upside depending on the matchup this week takes on the Eagles a little bit more of a difficult matchup at times but I think given the firepower on this team and, and Joe Brady who's probably going to be the hottest coaching name in this upcoming cycle I think they're going to get this done Sam Donald's another one of those guys who I would take a look at on the in the waiver wire if he's still there and even if you don't plan on playing there's a couple guys sometimes we'll get that they might not necessarily be in your plans but if you can pick them up and then flip them for someone else in your league some for some reason they might still be sitting out there it's a good idea hey see if you can try to explore a possible trade offer with some of these guys even if you don't plug them in your starting lineup Oh, I wonder if Steve Smith finally has DJ Moore in his starting lineup. Going I all the hope way back so. There. He should now. I mean, you know, and Sam Darnold, like I said, escaping the New York Jets and coming yeah. to a situation in Carolina. And look, there were some questions about Carolina's offense, and it was really equated to what had Teddy Bridgewater had said in the offseason that, it, you know, during the season, we didn't even practice red zone or two-minute drill, which yeah. – I think it's concerning for any NFL team when you hear that. But as of right now, they're off to a hot start. You know, electric offense so far. Can they maintain that? And I think you make a great point about Sam Darnold with his rushing attack, obviously with touchdowns on the ground. It's not going to be sustainable. And our Pro Football Network fantasy director, B.J. Riddell, in the latest buy low, sell high article at ProFootballNetwork.com had even argued that 
come fantasy football playoff time, the final four stretch of the season, it's going to be brutal for Sam Darnold because he's going to be taking on Tampa Bay. He's going to be taking on Buffalo and New Orleans and then Tampa Bay again. When you look at it as well, you can also make the argument probably in the rushing attack for that against a team like Buffalo and even Tampa Bay, he's not going to be able to have that, right? In the air, he might be able to have that against Tampa Bay considering their secondary. Who knows what that looks like? But obviously some great points there in terms of Sam Darnold here. Now, another quarterback prospect here that you have mentioned here is going to be Trey Lance, San Francisco 49ers quarterback. We got a little bit more clarity from Kyle Shanahan on Jimmy Garoppolo's calf injury and said he actually he might be able to play this week but are you buying it you know I think we've kind of realized at this point that what Kyle Shanahan comes out and says about the quarterbacks we might not want to trust because he even came out and said about <laughs> Trey Lance how and eh, that was just more or less for the medium for the opposing teams we were never going to try to give these reps so it's we'll see what goes on with Jimmy Garoppolo but what we do know is that Trey Lance is a dynamic player we've seen that since North Dakota State and even since the NFL draft I've, I've been saying look this guy might have the highest ceiling of the rookie class but he also might have the lowest floor and we kind of saw a mix of both sides in the end game in his uh, first little bit of action only played in one half completed 50% of his passes, but at the same time, he throws for over 150 yards, gets two touchdowns, also picks up 41 yards on seven rushes on the ground, which might not sound a lot. That was the QB 13, and he only played in one half of the game. So even if we're his, his arm definitely needs some work. He looks like a QB who has not gotten all the main reps with the ones and has gotten that one-on-one time with one of the better play callers in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan. If he gets that, I think he could absolutely be that low in QB1 who we think he might be. That rushing upside is going to help counteract some of the inefficiencies and inadequacies as a passer as he learns the game. Because that was a big complaint with him coming out of North Dakota State. It wasn't just the talent that he played against, but it was the amount of reps. He really only had one season in college, his true freshman year, then had that showcase game, which I think we can all kind of sit yeah. back and admit that was probably a bad idea. Burn that uh, tape. Yeah, burn that tape to the ground. Um, but we know he's a guy who can hold on to the ball and never throw an interception in college. But it's, I think he could absolutely be that fantasy darling that we all love and want to see if he gets that chance. It's going to be a common, a probably situation where we've got to monitor the Jimmy Garoppolo status if he's going to be healthy. This might not be a thing that lasts for very long, but once he takes over, could he end up being the guy for the season? It's hard to tell. It's a guy who, if I'm going to be wrong about and he doesn't end up being that guy, I would rather have him on my bench than if he does end up being the starter and I have to face him in someone else's starting lineup. Uh, that makes sense, too. And, you know, the thing with Jimmy G, with his injury history, I mean, I feel like the yeah. 49ers would be hard-pressed to just say, you know, hey, rush him back. Why would you do that? I mean, just let him yeah. – I mean, maybe give him a week and then bring him back. But then again, you know, this is where you really risk if the rookie comes in and he looks really well, the offense is really operating when he gets a full week to prepare as a starter. Uh, then it creates the controversy inside the media, inside the locker room, and that's always something that, uh, you know, organizations want to avoid. So I can see that I think that Kyle there. Shanahan's hard enough not to become the next Matt Nagy. <laughs> yes, that's a. I mean, that's a key. I mean, it'd be. Uh, you'd have to make the most critical mistake to become Matt Nagy at this point. So, uh, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan's a smart guy. Obviously, he has a lot of great people in his corner. John Lynch, a great sounding board there. So, I think the 49ers are going to be fine here. But let's switch to the running back position now. Obviously, we talked about injuries yesterday around the NFL. There was one to a Chicago Bears running back, and so now on your waiver wire report, you're saying, hey. Make sure you take a look here at Damian Williams at the running back position here for the Bears going forward. Yeah, we got some clarity. Dan Graziano of ESPN reported earlier today that uh, David Montgomery is going to be out about four to five weeks with a knee sprain. So now we have a little bit of clarity. We kind of changed how we value some of these players. Damian Williams has been a bit of a polarizing player for those who have played fantasy football for the past couple of years. He's had some weeks where he was an RB1 uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs back in 2018, 2019. 
but then he opts out of the 2020 season. If memory serves me, he was actually the first player to opt out of that season. Uh, leaves, then all of a sudden comes to the Bears. He's had some sneaky workload. He's actually received over 11% of the target share this season. Comes in for Dave Montgomery uh, last week, goes 8 for 55 with a touchdown. Does pick up both of his uh, targets for initial 15 yards. It's it's interesting because what did we see from the Bears? Was that them turning the corner of this team? Or was that simply a product of playing against the Detroit Lions? In fantasy, I think you still have to go after a guy who's going to be the RB1 on a team. A running back, starting running backs in NFL are very hard to find, especially when it's one of the typically the positions that are rostered the most on a, a fantasy football team, the start of the most on a roster. So I think you still have to go out there and absolutely get David Montgomery. He's going to be in that probably lower end RB2 kind of range uh, for Damian Williams. So we'll see what kind of goes on there. But I think he's a guy we have to go out there and add. He's not going to be the as productive as David Montgomery, but still a worthwhile piece to go out there and grab on your waiver wire this week. I hate to kind of change the subject here, and obviously we'll get to a position in a second, but we do have yeah. uh, some trade news here, according to Ian Rapper, as we're recording this. Uh, the Dolphins are sending wide receiver Jakeem Grant to the Chicago Bears for a 2023 six-round draft pick. So we could talk about maybe the impact of that, you know, once we get to wideouts, but I feel like it was important to bring up, obviously, at the mm-hmm. time here. Um, and obviously, we'll take a look at that as well. So obviously, Damian Williams there, but there was one running back that kind of, I think, surprised everybody, not necessarily from what he's able to do, but the fact that he kind of overtook the guy that was penciled in the start, Tyson Williams for the Baltimore Ravens was inactive against the Denver Broncos in week four, and we saw Latavius Murray get that run. He is on your list here, and especially going against an Indianapolis Colts team where they're going to have to account for not just Lamar Jackson, but now Latavius Murray, who had a very impressive showing against the Broncos. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, no team has ran more than the Baltimore Ravens over the past four seasons combined. The RB1 on this roster is someone who is absolutely going to be fantasy relevant week in and week out. Now, David, Latavius Murray is a guy who's coming from New Orleans. We saw him kind of be those productive games, even with Alvin Kamara on the field. Ever since coming in here, he's been very productive already. He's already seen 63% of the snaps. Uh, last week, rushed 18 times for 59 yards and a touchdown. He's got three touchdowns in four games, which is great. I don't want to bank all of my value on someone who is only scoring via touchdowns, but it's the volume that we all love. We know there's a Baltimore Ravens offense that wants to love the run the ball and establish run. I'm sure Vic Fangio can attest to that given what they just happened at the end of the game uh, on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, the lead back in the Baltimore Ravens is always going to be a very valuable piece. We've seen Latavius Murray play, play some really good football, even at his age right now. Tyson Williams being a surprise inactive was, like I said, literally surprising to all of us. Um, they do have Le'Veon Bell in this roster who, We'll see what he is uh, at this point in his career. But yeah, Latavius Murray, I think it's a very interesting play. Someone I would want to pick up off waiver wires this week. And then another one, too, you take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles. There's Kenneth Gainwell, and they're taking on the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, the Panthers coming off of a loss to the Dallas Cowboys, where the Cowboys were able to run the ball very efficiently. This might be kind of that sneaky surprise move there if you can claim him on your waiver wires. Yeah, the thing with the Carolina Panthers is that they're, they've only allowed one rushing touchdown. They've only allowed one touchdown to running backs this season. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and put Kenneth Gainwell in the same category as Ezekiel Elliott because <laughs> no. the Cowboys are sitting here trying to feed Zeke the ball and try to reestablish that running game. But the thing with um, Kenneth Gainwell is his work in the passing game. Uh, caught six of eight targets for 58 yards against Kansas City. He's got 12 targets in his last two games. He's seen at least three in every single one. And if you look at the stats, one running back is the RB25, averaging 11.7 fantasy points per game. The other one is the running back 33, averaging 10.7 fantasy points per game. And if you would have guessed the first one is Miles Sanders, you'd actually be wrong. Right now, Kenneth Gamble is actually outscoring Miles Sanders. Um, 
I think it's a very interesting one. It's a guy that we did like coming out of Memphis, who's starting to become a little bit of a sneaky little powerhouse right now when it comes to producing running backs. Um, yeah, it's not someone I think you would want to start this week. It's a very difficult match going up against Carolina. But if you're in a PPR format, you might be looking at the Philadelphia Eagles new version of Darren Sproles on this roster. Ooh, I like it. That might excite a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans here. Now, obviously, those are some key names at running back position, but if we can go a little rapid fire, are there any other names that if people are available, maybe you take a, a gamble on this week? Yeah, uh, if you're in some deeper leagues, you know, take a look at an A.J. Dillon, uh, Darrell Williams with the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Collins with Seattle, so we're kind of seeing them trying to limit Chris Carson's touches. Marlon Mack, whether it's not necessarily him playing for the Indianapolis Colts, we saw him request a trade, could get a little bit more run with someone else and get out from behind uh, uh, just Jonathan Taylor's shadow. And then Samaj P. Ryan, we saw that ankle injury that Joe Mixon popped up. So if you're in a deeper league, take a look at some of those guys, see if they're floating around. I like it. Well, now let's get to the wide receiver position here for your week five fantasy football waiver wire targets. Obviously, a lot of great insight here from Tommy. Uh, you know, Tommy, taking a look at some other wide receivers, we just talked about a trade. Well, you know, there's Darnell Mooney against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. He might be one of those options. Does this kind of change at all, in your opinion, with the addition now of Jakeem Grant, which just happened moments ago? Uh, I think it's interesting anytime someone goes out there and gets a, a player, but I feel like Jakeem Grant's probably one of those moves that's better in a real-life setting than it is going to have a fantasy impact. Because quite frankly, there's a question, and there's an argument to be made that Darnell Mooney might not actually be the are the wide receiver two on this team. Um, I know they have Alan Robson. Quite frankly, Robson has done kind of little to nothing. Um, now, part of this might be don't going, going down to the chemistry that Justin Fields has developed with Darnell Moody working in the offseason and working in practice. Uh, last week, we kind of saw that breakout game we've all kind of been wanting to see out of him. Caught five to seven targets for 125 yards. But the big thing that you loved was the deep ball that Justin Fields brings, that verticality to the offense that Andy Dalton has just been lacking. Uh, Fields completed five passes over 20 yards, three of which were over uh, 30 yards downfield, including the one 64-yard bomb. Uh, to Darnell Mooney last week. We've seen him cook everyone, every cornerback he's gone against at some point in his career, including that great clip of him shaking Jalen Ramsey out of his boots at the line of scrimmage. Um, right now, he's got uh, 226 yards, 17 receptions, all in just 26 targets. Played well last year. He only had uh, over 60 receptions, 630 yards, and four touchdowns. We know he can play well. He was one of my favorite breakout candidates this year. The question is always going to be that looming return of Andy Dalton, which we know that very well might happen, given Matt Nagy has said that he would likely be the starting quarterback when he comes back. But if Fields has another good game, that's going to be very hard to then because you're now you're starting to get the locker room turned in favor of Justin Fields. I don't know if Matt Nagy is willing to risk losing that locker room and then putting him back on the bench. I hope he doesn't Nagy this whole thing up personally. Ah, Nagy negligence is something that's very reliable. Death taxes and Matt Nagy and quarterbacks and play calling decisions. I mean, we yeah. we could go there all the time there. Uh, you know, but sources tell me there's another wide receiver that you're taking a look at this week on the waiver wire that plays with this high octane offense in Buffalo, and it's not Stephon Diggs. No, it's actually Emmanuel Sanders, the guy that we talked about last week on the waiver wire. And actually, what happened? Goes and has another good game. Catches uh, five to six or seventy-four yards. He's coming off the heels of a five reception for ninety-four yard uh, and two touchdown game in week three. Gets Kansas City in week five, which we all expect is going to be a very high-scoring game. We look at the rest of the season, uh, the rest of his schedule coming up. He's got Tennessee, then he gets Miami, then Jacksonville, and then the Jets. So you're not just getting a guy who can start this week. It's a guy you're going to be starting for the next five weeks. It's going to be very crucial with bye week starting the very next week. Anyone's going to be getting targets from uh, Josh uh, from Josh Allen. We love those guys in this team. He's not going to be getting the target share or the target volume that someone like 
Stephon Diggs or even Cole Beasley is going to get in PPR, who's another sneaky little ad if you want to go for. But Emmanuel Sanders, even at his age, he's a veteran. He knows how to play this game. He's one of the better route runners in the NFL, although he never really gets the credit for it. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, go out there and grab him off your waiver wire this week. I like it. I like it. I'm a big Emmanuel Sanders fan. Now, we were talking yeah. about the injuries right now on the Washington football team, too. Obviously, Logan Thomas and Diami Brown, but you got Curtis Samuel this week on your waiver wire. You expect things to amp up for him a little bit more now that he's had a week under his belt since coming back from that groin injury? Yeah, absolutely. It's a guy we only saw. He saw, what, one, one and a half practices since the spring dealing that groin injury. They placed him on the IR. Only comes out and plays 37% of the snaps uh, in his first game back, which I don't think anyone should have been surprised about. He was never someone you wanted to start. And quite frankly, he's not a guy who should be on the waiver wire. Um, if he is, it's because you were probably forgetting about him earlier in the season. He should absolutely be added in every single format. He was one of the biggest uh, blue chip prospects coming in in this entire waiver wire class. I mean, sorry, in the entire free agency class. Absolutely needs to be added in all formats. Moving forward, he's probably going to be in that wide receiver three kind of range. We know he can play well. Uh, Tyler Heineke is playing very well. So to pair him up alongside with Terry McLaurin on the outside for while um, Logan Thomas is doing that little bit of injury that he has, uh, Curtis Sam is going to be a, week at, a weekly starter from this point forward. Yeah, it's going to be a fun match to watch. And we were talking about Terry McLaurin and uh, the injury report, just what he was able to do with Taylor Heineke. Just throw it in his direction. He's going to come down with it. I think Curtis Samuel, obviously a great offseason addition for them. They're going to get the fruits of that there. Uh, any rapid fire picks here for some other wide receiver targets from around the National Football League this week? Yeah, um, kind of seeing like, hey, take a look at Hunter Renfro. Very sneaky PPR addition. If you want to take that deep shot on a guy, look, there's no bigger name than Josh Ward <laughs> right now. I'm going to fall for him again. It's inevitable. Uh, Kadarius Tony, take a look at him. Uh, Jameson Crowder, another guy coming off uh, injury, Rashad Bateman. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens still need some help on that uh, receiving core. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, because the uh, Detroit Lions still lack a very uh, sufficient pass catching group. Yeah, I think Jamison Crowder, his return, I think, boosted them a little bit against Tennessee Titans last week. Darius Toney, with all the injuries right now to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, you have to factor in that you got to get the rookie involved more alongside your key offseason acquisition to Kenny Galladay, which they did. Thankfully, they finally did. Congratulations, Jason Garrett. You finally got on the horse a little bit. Now, can you stay on it? That's going to be a big When if you spend a first-round pick on a guy, you better start using him at some point. have to. You have to use him. And so, it's to me, I always look at – how these guys are utilized, and sometimes you know you can look at film and say, okay, well maybe teams are scheming to take him away. But Kenny Galladay has had an opportunity to be involved, and Kadarius Tony, the way that they've utilized him has really been on end around plays and reverse yeah. plays and gadget plays, and teams have been ready for it. So it's like you got to get him involved a lot more, especially coming out of Florida. They always produce some really good wide receivers, so you have to be able to. He's such get a good route runner, in the especially in the slot. We've seen him running like the whip route that he played against Ole Miss. That was one of the best routes you're going to see in the entire college football. If you're looking at any film from last season. And in those short little intermediate routes, he can burn basically any slot corner in the NFL. Just got to feed him the ball. Give him some touches. Got to do it there. But now let's transition to the tight end position in your week five fantasy football waiver wire targets. Uh, and look, there's a matchup against Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about a little bit earlier between Josh Allen. Uh, there's a tight end there for the Buffalo Bills that you're encouraging fantasy football managers to take a look at this week if he's available on the waiver wire. Yeah, Dawson Knox. I always tell people, look, don't chase points. But quite frankly, when it comes to the tight end position, the standard has to be lowered a little bit because it doesn't take a lot to be a tight end one anymore in fantasy football. But Dawson Knox, five of eight for 37 yards, caught both of Josh Allen's touchdowns uh, in the game. He actually has four touchdowns in the past three games, which is the team leader, surprisingly, on a roster that is as stacked as it is. 
Uh, if you look at his fantasy points so far, they've only gone up 8.1, 9.7, 14.9, and finally 20.7 right now currently sitting as the tight end six in fantasy football. The thing I like about him that's encouraging to me is that while the touchdowns have gone up, it's also coming because his target share is also going up. After receiving four targets in week one and then three in week two, we saw that balloon now up to five last week and eight. I'm sorry, eight last week and five in week three. I don't think we're going to see him getting those eight targets per game, but if we can get someone who's getting, you know, five targets per game, roughly catch four of those for another 40, 30 to 40 yards, that's usable numbers in fantasy football. And if you're streaming the position at tight end, you say you didn't go early on someone you like the Mark Andrews, the Travis Kelsey, the TJ Hawkinson's, that's usable every single week. And when you're looking at a high-profile offense like right now, you want a piece of that. The Buffalo Bills look like the team that we always expected they would be. So, yeah, Dawson Knox, very interesting streamer this week. And, Guy, you you want to get off your waiver wire. Well, there's another tight end, too, that's having a really great season so far. 15 targets in the last two games, and that's Dallas Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. And I think it's easy to see why he's on the waiver wire this week. If you can claim him on there, make sure you get him. Yep, absolutely. Led the team in targets back-to-back weeks. While they've been trying to focus and get Ezekiel Elliott going on the ground, they've kind of neglected some of the pass catchers like a C.D. Lamb who's kind of taking a little bit of a step back. We do expect this offense to all of a sudden kind of get back to going back to their their pass catchers. Eventually, they will get Michael Gallup back. C.D. Lamb is starting to start getting his. So we will see the production at the tight end position start to taper off. But he has kind of surpassed the, the breakout people loved coming into last year which was Blake Jarwin, when uh, Dalton Schultz really has kind of taken that tight end one and kind of really taken that into his own kind of reins at this point. Uh, third game was six receptions, so we do kind of like the fact that he's not just only solely is getting points from touchdowns. Granted, we do probably, like I said, same thing with Dawson Knox. At some point, these are going to regress back a little bit. You're not going to be getting someone who is a tight end four like he currently sits. You're going to be looking at someone who's probably closer to that higher end tight end two. Um, it's another guy who I think BJ even talked about too was kind of a sell-high candidate. What's the fact of kind of going off of this upside we know probably isn't sustainable. But if he's out there for right now, use him as that lower end tight end one in a decent matchup this week against the New York Giants. You know, one thing, too, I would say if you could get fantasy football points for most reviewable plays, Dalton Schultz would be the fantasy football MVP, <laughs> my friend. So I, I, I like that. that. Obviously, those are some good ones there. Any tight ends that, you know, we didn't get a focus on too much in depth here that maybe fantasy football managers should look at this week? Yeah, if you're in deeper leagues, you're really trying to struggle in that position. Uh, guys like Austin Hooper, Max Williams, uh, Tyler Conklin, Dan Arnold, Hunter Henry, all kind of varying on where you're at and how, how deep your league is. It can be tough to find these guys, especially in like a two tight end league. You're scraping the bottom of the barrel. So these are guys who are gleasing decent amounts of snaps every single week and are getting some looks in their offense. So yeah, take a look at those guys for your waiver wire. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Your Week 5 Fantasy Football Waiver Wire Targets as put together by Tommy Garrett. Make sure you check out all the amazing written fantasy football content at ProFootballNetwork.com. We will see you on Friday for a brand new episode in the mood for fantasy football as we talk about who you should start and who you should sit for all the big-time matchups on Sunday. I'm Cody Rourke of Pro Football Network. Speaking for Tommy, we'll see you then.